0: Good morning tim
1: as good a place as any to start uh here's a question uh is it too late for some of these farmers down there
0: well it got really close i mean there may be some isolated cases but i will say this the banks work with our farmers down there uh governor uh kemp has been a rock star in ha- trying to help that i've been down there johnny's been down there as well so the banks have been very cooperative you know the bill we passed last year repealing most of dodd frank's impact on these small community banks inadvertently had a huge impact in this. And the banks were very patient with these bridge loans for these farmers. So now that we can do that, we get these banks taken care of. These farmers were planting under these bridge loans. So hopefully we've salvaged this year's crop, uh, the planting season anyway.
1: You know, this is another of those occasions where I honestly don't have to talk to you. I could just dig out some tape and we'll have the same conversation. Uh, This doesn't directly relate to the budget process. On the other hand, it does. I mean, if you folks would simply budget the way you're supposed to, some of these things could be avoided.
0: Kim, you're exactly right. I mean, thank you for that. I'm a broken record on this thing. You're right. I don't have to do this. You can go back and pull this up from four years ago. This is what we predicted. We're losing the right to do the right things by not having a proper budget. Let me give you an example. Every person I know, every business I know, has some sort of contingency reserve fund. If they don't, they should. The federal government has a small one inside the FEMA organization, but it's not – it's got a bureaucratic uh, bent to it. It's hard to get to, and it's not adequate. So. We've put some proposals in that would change the way we fund these disasters. The second thing to realize is that all the money we, that we spend on these disaster relief programs is borrowed money. I mean, this is another reason why we've got to get at this debt crisis. And I give President Trump full credit on this. We've lowered the debt curve over the next decade by $3 trillion because of this economic turnaround. By growing the economy the way we're growing right now, almost twice of what it did under Barack Obama, we're lowering that debt curve. So I give, I give the White House a lot of credit for that.
1: Now, can we grow our way out of this, though? I've had this conversation with uh, Congressman Rob Woodall specifically, soon to be former Congressman Rob Woodall, Georgia 7 over there in Gwinnett. He said, no, that, that day of growing your way out of this is probably past. Is that true?
0: That's absolutely true. We're growing at a rate that will lower the debt curve by $3 trillion, but it's going to be about a $10 trillion problem. So this only takes care of about a third of it. We've got to change the way we fund the government. That's the budget process we've been working on. We had a joint select committee last year. We've got to get rid of redundant agencies up here. The president's already done that to the tune of about $180 billion. The next thing, going, and this is the big one, you've got to save Social Security and Medicare. Those two trust funds are exploding in cost, and that's what's happening to the debt. You know, the, the uh, interest on the debt has increased $450 billion, Tim, just since President Trump was sworn in because of these increases in interest rates, $450 billion. And then the last thing you've got to get at health care costs, not the insurance, but the cost themselves. And, the, and we're working on all, all of those right now.
1: Uh, Circle back to some of those, Senator David Perdue, but I want to talk about what the president's talking about here. Uh, This business of tariffs on Mexico, I think Monday, I think, the 10th, whatever that is, uh, they're supposed to kick in 5% tariffs on Mexico unless the Mexican government does something to stop, uh, stem the tide of illegal migrants, uh, These uh, migrants who are trying to get into the country illegally. The president says Mexico is not doing nearly enough, and he's going to try to use tariffs to incentivize Mexico to do more. Where are you on this? There are Republicans who are bringing in ranks with the president on this.
0: Well, I'm solidly with the president on this. I've been down to that border. I used to live in Texas. I was down there a few weeks ago. It is a full-blown crisis. We're on track right now, Tim, that we will apprehend 140,000 people coming across that border illegally this month alone. Last month, it was over 100. That was a record. It, we're overwhelmed. And what the president's asking is very simple. We have a 2,000-mile border with with Mexico. Mexico only has a 150-mile border with Guatemala. All we want them to do is put their military down there and secure their own sovereign border with Guatemala. All these uh, immigrants coming in, these 140,000, over almost 100% of them are from Guatemala and Honduras. They're not Mexicans coming across for the most part.
1: Why doesn't Mexico do that? What's Mexico's incentive to not do that?
0: Well, you've got the cartel's impact on the government in Mexico. The cartels are making – this is huge business. Let me just quantify that for you, Tim. Just the human traffic alone in the sector I was in is about a $2 billion a year business. They charge each one of these uh, illegals um, a $8,000 stipend. Now, they don't have that kind of money, so if they get through and cross the border and we don't catch them, they're, they're indentured servants to the cartels. In, in addition to that, though, the human traffic is the, buy, is, is the side game. The main deal is the drugs, and that's about a $32 billion business just in that one sector in Texas where I was. So that's why it's not happening. The cartels are influencing the government of Mexico not to do this.
1: All right, but Senator David Perdue, some pretty prominent Republicans who are, as we say, breaking ranks with the president on this, uh, Senator McConnell, Majority Leader McConnell, and some others expressing concern here that that grassly, that this is going to hit consumers in the wild, it's going to cost jobs.
0: You know, these are the same people who have been up here for 30 years, Tim, haven't done a damn thing about the unlevel playing field. We have a president who's come in here now and said, okay, the American worker, the American consumer needs to have a, a level playing field. Think about what we're doing with China. This is the first president that's really stood up to China and said, you need to comply with the WTO. You need to stop stealing our technology. You need to stop forcing transfer of our technology on our joint venture partners. You need to comply with the WTO. You need to stop the cyber warfare, and you need to give us equal access. That's all the president's asking for. So why Republicans are balking at that, I really don't understand.
1: Uh, Senator David Perdue, back to the budget and and some of the things you mentioned, health care. Where, if anywhere, is obviously a House divided now, well, a House that's controlled by Republicans and Democrats and a Senate controlled by Republicans. Where, if anywhere, are we on health care?
0: Well, Lamar Alexander uh, is working on a bipartisan uh, Bill, in his committee, he has the, the uh, committee there of jurisdiction, and, and I'm told that we'll see something on that here in a few weeks. But This is a daily topic. The president wants to have a platform for the 2020 election that Republicans can stand for on health care. It's pretty simple that, that Obamacare has, has turned into an unmitigated disaster. I mean, we have so many people in Georgia who can't afford insurance. They talked about pre-existing conditions, but if you can't afford the insurance policy anyway, how are you going to get protection So on pre-existing? So the Democrats have actually done more harm on pre-existing than, than anybody else. What we've got to do right now, though, is get something out here and get a debate going on it, and that's what uh, we're trying to do in the Senate. The House will have their own version of that, but they're moving toward socialized medicine, which would cost about $3 trillion a year, and there's no way we can afford to do that. Uh, I've lived under that, and we certainly don't want to go that direction.
1: All right, Senator David Perdue, we'll leave it there, let you get back to work. Thanks for your time this morning.
0: Thanks, Tim. Have a good one.